writers, agents, and publishers, for the first time since the Gutenberg Press, find themselves lost in a maze of mystery as technology alters the shape of the publishing industry. Searching for Answers is a group of writers throwing pop culture, writing, and publishing into a crucible of clarity, passion, and humor. This group is the Right Pack. In this episode of Right Pack Radio, we are going to discuss knowing where and how to pitch your complete story. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Right Pack Radio. This is your host, producer, and crazy man, David Allen Lucas, president of St. Louis Writers Guild, president of Winding Trails Media. And by the time that this airs, we should have had a big announcement come out from Winding Trails Media about a brand new show that's going to be joining Right Pack Radio. And if you missed that, you can find that announcement on YouTube as well as iTunes and Blog Talk Radio or any of the other platforms in which you currently listen to Right Pack Radio. I do not want to say where it is because my panel does not know this information quite yet. Um, this is what we get for, for recording in the past and, re- and airing it in the future. Also, too, for those who have been following on the whole entire competition between myself and Melanie on our um, first drafts, that competition is on hold due to some health issues that she's having, and I don't want to take advantage of that. So, no, 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 you do want to take advantage of that. I really don't. It's the, the, I don't want to take advantage of that. This is why you'll never make it in politics. <laughs> I never wanted to be a politician. I do not enjoy being the lab, the bottom of the human genome. Anyway, yes, I did go there. All right. And with us today, I am missing my normal, lovely co-host, so I am going to go to our next normal, lovely person. <laughs> Hi, my name is Chanel Achan. I write speculative fiction, literary fiction, all sorts of things, depending on the weather and my mood that day. Um, I am... When is this airing? This is airing... I think you are actually in New Orleans by the time this is airing. Ah, I should be in New Orleans by the time this airs. <laughs> my classes may or may not have started. I I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll find, we'll find out. And what classes are those again? For my MFA in creative writing. Yay! That I'm starting this semester. Yay. Good luck. The force is with you. Yeah, maybe odds always be in your favor. And also with us today... You're just implying she's going to die. Right? <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, and, and with us today is the Sky Commander, Commodore... I, I keep changing commander. your ranks anyway, so... I like pirate. Yes, uh, I'm Brad Arcook. Uh, I am the author of uh, many a steampunky thing. Uh, definitely go check it out at bradarcook.com. And know that there is much coming in the future. Yeah, oh, with that ominous tone, you know, make people want to tune in. Just yes, kidding. exactly. <laughs> I like ominous tones. And also with us today is my lovely wife, who just got jumped on by one of the cats. Yeah, I'm Melanie Lucas at the moment, having trouble reading the computer screen. So uh, at some point in time, I will get back to writing as soon as I can, you know, put see, see, yeah. Yeah. And with us is our 
artist extraordinaire. I can be an artist in residence. You can, yeah, have, you can have that be my title. You're always looking for someone to be like, and I'm just on the I, I just am without compare. It's all there. I like that. Uh, my the name is Jennifer Stolzer. I'm a children's author and illustrator. Uh, I'm working really hard right now on my uh, Threadcaster short story anthology. The final short story has turned into a novelette, so that's exciting. <laughs> it's way too long, but it's going to stay that long because I want it to be that long now. So um, that's hopefully going to premiere at PenCon. So if you're coming to PenCon in St. Louis uh, in September, September the 23rd and 24th, I believe, then uh, come check me out. I'm sharing a table with Jessica Matthews, which will have lots of stuff that I've illustrated on her table. Uh, but the, the Threadcaster world continues to broaden, and uh, I'm gonna. It has comes with the promise that there's gonna be a sequel, hopefully next year or the year after. So, lots of exciting stuff over yeah. in my camp. Woo-hoo. If you want to catch up on that while uh, you wait for me to finish the rest of it, you can grab Threadcaster on Amazon or get signed copies through Main Street Books in St. Charles. And also with us today is the Madame of Mayhem and Murder. Fedora Amos. I write Victorian eugenics like Jack the Ripper in St. Louis and Mayhem at Buffalo Bills Wild West. And coming in 2019 is Have Your Ticket Punched by Frank James. That's the smarter brother, you know, the one that didn't get assassinated. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also president of Greater St. Louis Sisters in Crime. And we just recently celebrated our 20th anniversary of Greater St. Louis Sisters in Crime. Yeah. Now, I haven't been president all of that time, but a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. And coming to us remotely via the internet is the man who has got some recently great news. So I'm going to see if he mentions it himself. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I'm uh, Ryan P. Freeman, and I write fantasy. Uh, I have. Uh, Several uh, uh, high fantasy, full-length novels, short stories, novellas—you name it—it's out there. Uh, and um, I, and our lovely uh, related Gateway Con uh, conference and convention. Uh, I um, I got picked up by by an agent. So I have my first Yay. Yay. Congrats! Congratulations! So you are fully represented now. And I am. Uh, it's a. Uh, uh, um, um, Addie Carruthers was Metamorphosis Literary Agency, and uh, by the time this is airing, probably it'll be done with editing uh, the last little bit, and it will be touring uh, touring uh, the various publishing houses. Yay. So, good luck I'm, there. <laughs> and I'm also the president of, of uh, the Hannibal um, Writers Guild, too. President and founder of. Yeah, that, this too. And today we're going to be talking about how to pitch your book, or where to put your book, or a complete story, I should say, online, face-to-face, etc. So, one of the things I'm going to talk about before we even get started, I mentioned here, as you just heard from Ryan, he's obtained representation at GatewayCon, 2018 from an agent. He's going to have this book to the agent shortly, and then the agent is going to turn around and get that put out to the publishing houses and see who he will be interested in buying it. So one thing which I do want to mention on traditional publishing versus 
indie publishing, while traditional publishing does have a lot of advantages, and I'm not going to dare say put it down because I would love to be indie, be traditionally published as well. There are lots of hurdles that stand in the way. So I want that all out there and said right off the bat. But with that said, where can you let's let's go online and then we'll go move to face to face. Where where are some of the places you can pitch online, Brad? Uh, yes, so there are actually um, a bunch of places you can pitch online. Um, I would say that online is best used to uh, research who to pitch to and where to submit for uh, to agents or publishers. Uh, so that that's probably best. But in order to actually pitch, uh, so the, the biggest of them is Pitch Madness, which is an all-day event. It's like from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Twitter. Uh, and you can run around. It's the hashtag pitmad, P-I-T-M-A-D. Uh, however, that spawned, of course, a ton of copies. So there is hashtag Karina pitch, hashtag DV pit, hashtag query combat, hashtag pit dark, hashtag <laughs> pit mad, hashtag PB pitch, hashtag pit to pub. Uh, all of these are going on at different times during the year, and some of them repeat, so uh, definitely do check them out. Uh, hashtag Pitch Wars, which is the big one that you can enter, uh, you submit your manuscript to, and then there's a whole series of events and everything that goes along with this. Uh, and then IWSG Pit. Uh, this is a bewildering number. How do you I, pick? Oh, thank you. I was going to say, and, and hashtag Holy, holy oh. Count Batman, which oh, wow. ones do I go with? And do I get do I get well, to go to any of them? Obviously, animal? some of them you're not going to go to. Uh, like you're not going to do PB pitch. That's picture book pitch. So yeah. that's for people who've written picture books. So if you haven't written a picture book, stay out of PB pitch. Uh, you have no reason to be there. And you're please remember that second P. So uh, I know it's my graphic horror pitch adult to pub. Will that go that way? Okay. Is pitching directly to publishers. So whereas Pitch Madness is pitching to agents, and agents go around and like and favorite and retweet and, you know, all that kind of stuff, your tweets, uh, your pitch of your book, um, where Pit to Pub is publishers going in and doing the same thing. Uh, so, yeah. And you have only 140 characters to make this pitch? Is that right? Uh, you get yeah. more now. Yeah, yeah. 280. So 280. we're up to 280. Oh, yep. wow. But you have to put well, in the pitch, the hashtag Pit Mad. And you have to tag your genre, too. So, it's you know, it's hashtag MG, hashtag YA, hashtag mystery. You know, there's so different ones. So, you get like, one sentence, approximately, yes, to yes. make your pitch. And it is, so, I, I, I have a uh, fair uh, throw it out there. I, t I teach a workshop on pitching. Mm -hmm. uh, this will be the most difficult sentence you'll probably write. I write 100 of them, or maybe not 100, probably more like 10 to 15 to get one. Uh, because you're going to take it's you're going to have to cut it down and cut it down and then you'll find the perfect wording. You can pitch a couple of times a day. Uh, they vary between each one. Usually, it's that you can't pitch in the same hour, uh, and you can only pitch uh, twice or four times a day. Um, you know, during the eight to eight period. Um, that's pitch mad. There are rules for the other ones too. Pit to pub and pit mad were very similar rules. They're not all run by the same people. Uh, that's the other reason there's so many of them, uh, is that different organizations are now running these different pitch things. 
Uh, but Pitch Wars and Pitch Madness is kind of where it all started. It is definitely the biggest. It's the World Series of Online Pitching, if you want to mm-hmm. call it that. Um, but it is, it's an interesting way to go through. I also really like it, and I'll throw this out as kind of a pro tip. Uh, you can spot some of the best trends, because you're now seeing what like a ton of other people are pitching and what their books are about. And you can totally spot trends that are happening in YA or through the middle grade. And then the other one is you can totally see what's going on in your own genre by just going to the middle grade pitch madness side or something like that. So there's other reasons to go, you know, kind of track these things too. Do you have any hard evidence that anybody actually reads them that's oh, in yeah. a position to buy? Yeah, no, no, no. So, can you give us any statistics uh, on I can't the give you names because I don't know, but they're out there, so Google them. People have been picked up by this. So people have gotten agents this way. Uh, it is not unheard of. Pitch Wars is actually now probably one of the biggest ways to get an agent. Uh, because it is so, like, it, it, there's these tiers. Basically, Pitch Wars is you submit your manuscript, you hook in with an author who mentors you, helps you get the manuscript ready, you post parts of it online into the secret forum or wherever people can go. I'm not exactly certain because I, don't, I haven't done Pitch Wars myself. Um, I have taken in Pitch Madness and stuff like that, though, but I haven't submitted a manuscript yet to Pitch Wars. Um, but the point is is that eventually you get directly to an agent who reads just your submissions and stuff like that. So Pitch Wars is totally picking up people almost every time. Um, every year, people are getting picked up through Pitch Wars. Pitch Madness, however, has totally found success where people have found not only publishers but also uh, agents who like it, and if they like it, you submit to them, and that is basically uh, them requesting you as if you were at some conference. So it's strictly from a log line, basically. Basically, yeah. And, but and the log line you gets you the other regular steps. Yeah, exactly. The okay. log line gets you through the door where your query letter is then going to impress them, and your first five pages or whatever is going to, you know, that where the normal steps will then take over. This is just like... Twitter is basically now a giant writer's conference every couple of months, four times a year. Try to get your toe in the door is exactly what that's about. Jen, okay. you had your hand up. Um, I'm largely irrelevant at this point. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> but, um, so, sticking with Twitter for a moment, where do you go? What Obviously, you can Google. Don't get me wrong. But where is there any particular place that you can go to learn more information about it? Do you have to be invited to it? I heard of one time there were certain pitch tweets that you're only allowed to, to do if you were invited. Pit Mad, you don't. Pitch Wars, you have to be accepted. Uh, your manuscript has to be accepted and picked up and all that kind of route. So there is that kind of level to Pitch Wars. Well, that's because Pitch Wars has a mentor. Exactly. So you have to submit an application you know, uh, of sorts. And then get selected as a mentee, and then the mentees are coached to then pitch in the pitch wars, which is a Twitter pitch party. And is there a fee for these things? No. No. Oh, I also, sorry, I found more. There is Canlit Pitch, or Canlit Pit, uh, Ad Pit, Kid Pit, Faith Pick, Faith Pitch, sorry. Uh, so those are more. Those are more. Um, and I will, oh, uh, SF, SFF Pit. That's uh, sci-fi fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the 
Everyone in the audience who's asking how on earth am I going to know when these things are? I will tell you exactly how to find out when these things are. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, so, um, the easy way is that there's not an easy way. <laughs> um, there's probably a blog out there, like, for... I know that for uh, Pitch Wars and Pitch Madness, there's a blog that will tell you... Brendan Drake's blog will tell you everything you need to know, and I don't know if it's still housed there. It might now be its own website. Um, I don't haven't checked in in a while. Uh, however... I highly recommend going to Twitter and searching the hashtag PitMad or PitToPit or PitToPub or any of these other, you know, kind of hashtags that we've been throwing out. Put as much of them as you want. And there are now lists on Twitter that people keep publishing of all of these dates. Um, so I could tell you pitch the next Pitch Wars is coming up August 27th through the 29th. That's probably one that's still going available. Uh, there's a Pit Mad on September 6th. Uh, Picture Book Pitch is October 25th. Uh, Kid Pit is November 7th. Faith Pitch is November 28th. Um, so just a few of those that are coming up still here in the future. Okay, so for those of us who perhaps are not late Twitter savvy, mm. um... <laughs> Are there other options that don't involve us having to restrain ourselves to set number of ridiculously small number of characters? <laughs> other ways of pitching? Yes, online. Um, well, next, what I would highly recommend going from Twitter would be to go straight to pitching directly to the agent or publisher that you wish to go with, which would be a query letter. Yes. Uh, and it's not a pitch in any by way per se, other than a query letter is also somewhat of a pitch yeah. of your book. And um, let's let's put a pause at that one. I would stick with Twitter for just a moment. Yeah. But the only that's going to be our next step. That's there probably step. are, like, there might be something you can do on Facebook. I think there was a uh, uh, an online like, uh, online uh, journal that was doing a pitch thing on Facebook or something. You were pitching on their page. But I, I wouldn't recommend any of those uh, before I would recommend just querying straight out uh, whoever you want. Jen, you're dovetailing, then Ryan, go ahead. Uh, the fact of the matter is that writing, online writing lives on Twitter. Yeah. You yeah. know, you hear people say there's demographics, you know, oh, well, all the kids are on Snapchat, and all the, the moms are on Facebook, and, and well, all the writers are on Twitter. So that's, that's where all the publishing people are, the agents are. That's that's the social media of choice for publishing. Uh -huh. So that's why all these things it's take place. It's spewing words Twitter. out of the world. It's perfect. Which is hilarious because it limits the amount of... Never mind. Well, that's exactly what writing is. Like, get rid of all the words you don't need. It, it's coming from the um, <clears throat> Ernest Hemingway School of Writing. Cut off all the words. Mm. Yeah. Okay, and over to you, Ryan. Okay, so I have a question. Um, so I I know you know I don't know how, but I just got picked up by an agent. But but actually, pitching and querying has really been kind of scary for me. Um, I've always been kind of intimidated by the whole process. Um, how how um, how probable is it is it to actually be get picked up from one of these events on Twitter? Well, we don't actually have statistics, but well, I know. But I know Brad was indicating, and I there have been at least one or two from almost everyone that I've heard of. Jack, yeah. do you? 
Yeah. Um, what the these pitch parties online, the uh, pit mads and etc. Uh, what they really are is sort of like what you did, Ryan, at Gateway Con, which is when you sit in front of someone and you get a chance to talk to them. You get a chance to talk for a whole five minutes, which is great. That's why in-person pitching is still one of the best ways to get picked up, is because yep. they can gauge your personality and know if you're good to work with. But really what the pitch wars and all that is doing is bypassing the slush pile for you. So... Right. The way that the system works is that you put up your log line, which is just your elevator pitch, and then the industry people go through, and if they give you a like, and in Twitter a like is a, is a little heart shape, they give you a like, and uh, you know you look at them and you see if it's someone that you, def- that you want to pitch to, and then when you go to their site and send them a query letter, you say in the query letter, you liked me during PitMad, and they say, oh, okay, and then they read your query instead of their assistant. Yep. So the question, who gets picked up by these things, it's hard to tell because really it's just giving you an extra jump into the system that already exists. <laughs> right. It, 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 bypa- it gives you a le- little bit less of one hurdle. There used to be success stories on Brendan Drake's blog on the PitMad thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know she redid the site recently, like last year or something, so I don't know if it's still all there. Anyway. Okay. Um, would you define terms, Jen? Um, What's our, what are log lines? What's your elevator pitch? And I think there was another term, but I don't remember it anymore. <laughs> well, pitching in general is a term we should probably take a moment to. Yeah. Uh, if people in the audience haven't context clues to their way into figuring out what pitching is at this point, we kind of dove straight in today, and thank you for pointing out cabbage head terms. But the uh, pitching is basically a, uh, uh, it's like a, a used car salesman in your book to somebody that you want to get to buy it. <laughs> Wow, uh, you, you, gotta, <laughs> you gotta convince them to, to give you a look. She's not wrong. With the, goal, <laughs> the goal of any pitch, any query letter being that they ask for more information and they ask for samples. Right. With the end goal being that they then offer you representation and you enter a contract that then would you know proceed you on into a publishing deal. Uh, pitching, the, the log line, the elevator pitch, those are all just lengths of the pitches. How many words do you have? How many minutes do you have? A uh, query letter, obviously, you have paragraphs that you can write to someone. Uh, an in-person pitch, you want to have your, uh, you know, you, you've got your query letter spiel, but don't just read your query letter. You have to get it down to a conversational little little blurb. But an elevator pitch, you're looking at maybe one sentence that's the hook that's going to get people to want you, and that's what you put on Twitter because you have 280 characters minus how many you need to actually enter PitMad at any given time. Couple of things I want to point out. Number one, the term elevator pitch comes from the idea you got you have your audience trapped for one floor of, of an elevator ride. Yeah. That's why it's very short. But number it's just two, probably two, maybe three sentences. Mm-hmm. While a log line is just one. Yeah. yeah. That might be a differentiation point. That's a good idea. That's a good way. Um, number two, and I know this is I'm only touch on it briefly. We'll talk about it more when you get when we get talking about face to face. Even if you get five minutes, for example, which is what Ryan did back at GatewayCon, you don't want to use a whole five minutes. You want to keep it short. Yeah. More on that later. Finally, and I just want to touch on this because we do talk about writing a lot often. Most often we talk about writing of novels and so forth. But for those who write screenplays, there's a whole different online process. There's a whole different other process to pitch. But the steps are similar. Mm. 
So there's a lot of strategy that might help you out with that. Okay, um, Ryan, are you dovetailed or are you opening up? You're dovetailed. Okay, then Ryan and then Brad. Okay, uh, well, that's, that's perfect, actually, because uh, I just wanted to give a little, like, in the actual show, shout-out to Brad, because I feel like anything I learned about pitching, I learned from Brad in his talk, so. Thank you. Brad, Brad knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Brad is our pitching coach. Yeah, and I'm like the Cardinals pitching coach right now because they're doing well. <laughs> oh, ouch, thanks. Oh, burn. Uh, Cardinals burn. Yeah. And, and I love my Cardinals. It's right really now. easy to do right now. It's it so easy to do. Uh, yeah, so to, to jump in on the terms, uh, yeah. I was going to throw out... The defending of terms. Uh, the defendment of the terms. <laughs> Uh, so yes, the elevator pitch, as Dave described, is the amount of time that it takes to go up the floor. It is uh, basically two to three sentences. That is it. Uh, do not try and cram anything else into there. In fact, that you know you're probably best at about two sentences um, for your book. Um, the log line is sometimes confused with uh, the elevator pitch. Uh, and the reason I say this is because you will find that if you Google these terms, uh, blogs use them interchangeably, yet they do mean different things. Mm -hmm. uh, the log line, as we said, is a lot often used in Hollywood as, in a comp title way. Mm -hmm. So it is, you know, Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow meets The Matrix or something like that. And you use those two things to sort of help describe what your story is using no terminology from your book whatsoever. And the reason being that uh, no one has to know anything about your book in order to convey what your book's about. And so, that's more of a of an audience target slash tone feeling thing. Exactly. You're trying, and that's exactly what you're trying to convey. You want the the title and what you're trying to do. You want to convey the tone and the audience of your work less so than you know using the highest brow things you can think of to show how smart you are. If you were trying to pitch an adult story, I would not use Harry Potter as a comp title because Harry Potter carries the connotation of being for children. Correct. And for that, you get basically like ten words or less. Mm -hmm. um, On the, the other hand, if you were doing Harry Potter meets Harry Dresden, you know, it might work. Yeah, I, I still agree with Jen. Yeah. I, I mean, of course, everybody's opinion is what yeah, for. one sentence, Melanie. One sentence. <laughs> Basically, but you you tell me Harry Potter. I'm picturing a guy going through school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to say a guy going, if you wanted to say, I don't, I don't know, nah, not even that would work. Yeah, we're not I'll, workshopping the Harry Potter pitch on this. Yeah, I was going to Veronica Mars meets Harry Dresden, but it still doesn't work either. Yeah. I would also uh, throw out that essentially, for anything that you want to do, it doesn't matter what the the terminology you want to use for it. Uh, it is essentially. 25 to 35 words to describe your book. Yeah. Um, there, there are immense ways of doing this that are easy, and the simplest way is to cut out anything cliched, cut out any generalities, cut out anything that you... Uh, anything that is... Be incredibly specific about certain things within your book. The character, the stakes, and the, you know, the, the conflict. Specifically, the character and what's at stake. Yes. If you have to pick, just like, I can't fit all of these concepts in, what's your main character, what do they have to lose? Exactly. Write that down first. That yeah. is essentially what a pitch is. Uh, if you can do that, then this is going to help you immensely. So you're going to be able to use this 
not only to pitch at a conference or pitch on Twitter, uh, you're going to be in your query letter. It's going to be what you tell a reader who's going to buy your book. Mm -hmm. These 25 to 35 words will be the most helpful words you can come up with for your book simply because you're going to use them in so many places. This is going to go on the back jacket. Now, not specifically. It might not be the exact wording. I don't want to give that impression. But the, the concept that you are laying down will undoubtedly be the concept that gets used to sell the book to the agent, to sell the book to the publisher, to sell the book to the reader. And so that's going to go, as we said, on the back jacket. It's going to be what you use in your query letter. It's going to be what you say in your pitch. It's going to be what you say, a salesman pitch uh, from your table to the reader standing in front of you. So no pressure. Yeah. But in all honesty, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it is, if that's the exact wording, it's going to be foundation of what the agent uses to pitch to the public. When you read the back jacket of yeah. uh, the Iron Chronicles, you will see that where that elevator pitch is because it's in everything. <laughs> Done entirely intentionally, and that's exactly what sold the book in the first place. Okay, Ryan and then Fedora. So I have kind of a funny story about comp titles. Um, so when I was pitching at Gateway Con, uh, okay, I don't write high fantasy, and, and everybody knows that when it comes to pitching, you're, it's, I feel like it's a rule, but you're not allowed to say it's like for the rings. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I really do write, like, that's the sort of high fantasy that I tend to write, you know? Like, and yeah, there are other examples, and I did use other examples like Wizard of Mercy or Name of the Wind. You know, those are, those are, or even, you know, stuff like Snyder, whatever. Um, but it was really funny because afterwards, when I was talking to Patty, uh, she's like, it's like Lord of the Rings. And I was like, I know, I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe it's an example of like, every rule has an exception. I don't know. Anyways, that's my little story. Okay, then Fedora, or, oh, sorry, yeah, don't yeah, just uh, the reason why Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and Twilight are not considered good comp titles is because they're, the agent is also hoping you're keeping up with current things. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. if you say it's like Lord of the Rings, they think, okay, so you haven't read any high fantasy then. You haven't seen a movie. <laughs> you haven't seen a movie <laughs> since Lord of the Rings. So if you pick a rather, you know, not too obscure, because if you pick an obs a really obscure one, they're like, okay, you have no idea what's going on in the industry. But if you're picking your comp title, pick something that was written in the last three to five years, hopefully. Fedora, and then Brett. One thing that I think everybody should remember is that when you're talking about pitching, you're talking about pitching not just now, not just today, but for the entire future, because writers have to sell their own books. Right. They get them out there in the public, and you're going to find yourself using these same words in everyday conversation. You meet a new person, and by golly, you somehow work yourself around to that same old elevator pitch line or lines. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing to have as a conversation point. And, of course, you just keep right on selling those books. That's because, yeah. you know, you're at a dinner party and people and you say, I'm a writer. And they say, oh, yeah, what's your book about? 
They don't really care. That's no. it. But no. when you say, oh, well, it's, uh, uh, my elevator pitch is, it's like the Oregon Trail through Oz. If Oz were a desert and Dorothy could shoot fire from her hands. <laughs> and uh, the goal of that is I tell them that, and then all of a sudden they are interested in what that's exactly. about. At least I hope they are. Yeah. And that's the basic point of it, to get interest. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's about sparking that interest in the shortest amount of time. Mm-hmm. Because right. writers will go on endlessly about their own work. And, one and bore that, everybody to yes, death. Yes. <laughs> Which is why you need something very spiffy. and short. Yes. Short is yes. the key word. And if you've been a long-time listener to Right Back Radio, you will, you will know we have constantly, semi-playfully, gone off on the writers to think that all they need to do is write and someone else is going to sell your book. Good luck, unless you're Stephen King, who already did do all the leg work yeah. to get to where he's at. Or so his son. People, or his son, who, thank you, you just threw me off, <laughs> who did all the leg work to get to where he's at to be able to let other people sell his work, or just his name sell his work. If you're not there, you've got to do a lot of your own leg work. And with that, and that's where this is going to, comes into play. And with that, Brad, go ahead, and then I want to go into the query letters and so forth. So okay, ahead. there's one last distinction that I did not bring up before, which is an ad slogan, hmm. and that is different than your log line or your elevator pitch. Uh, and the reason I say that is because a slogan, an ad slogan, is meant to kind of entice or tease uh, without conveying anything about the actual book. Whereas an elevator pitch is about showing, or uh, uh, a log line is about showing two things that are related to your book and set the tone of your book. Uh, you know, you might get that, but if you notice, like, we could go through a million ad slogans. Sure. Uh, but they're all short and to the point, maybe three words, or, you know, maybe like, you know, a whole, they've got to be short and to the point. But the point is, is that ad slogans are different usually than the rest of this. So, important distinction, because. You know, people often see posters, movie posters. And I, I don't want them to think that the top line is where they get Yeah, don't sit down here, pitch, and say, his secret is is hidden under the waves. And then yeah. you just sit there and wait. That would be so good. You just sit down, you throw out an ad slogan, and just wait. That's me. Yeah, yeah. And I have a certain oldie song going through my head about if anyone does that, please you too. Anyway, <laughs> um, so query letters then. How how is that different? How are query letters different than pitch madness, etc.? Besides the fact of the length, mm. I was going to say you get a lot more words. <laughs> yeah, you get a lot more words. That, that's going to be a given. You also have a lot more rules. Yes. Ah, now you're going to where I want to go, mm-hmm. and. What are some ways to find out who to pitch, to, who to write a query letter to? Are there any great examples online, etc.? Throwing it out, go for it. I think that is the place where you need to start here because it takes a lot of time to write query letters and to send them out to specific people and to direct your query letter to that specific person because that person perhaps publishes or represents another person a writer, which is similar to your writing, and that's why you think you will appeal to this publisher or this agent. So you have to find them, and the first place to start with that, I think, is reading. Look at the books 
that are like what you write, the ones that you personally like, that you read, and often you'll find in the acknowledgments a name. Certainly you'll find a name of the overall publisher, but you might find the specific publisher person at the, uh, at the publishing house that was the one that you want to acknowledge. And likewise, agents will often get recognized there. So that is where I would start. Read things that I think my writing is similar to. Look in the acknowledgments and see if you can find some persons. Look them up online. Find out more about them. And that is a place, I think, to start with it. Not just cold doing this or that or other. Make it, make it more important than that. More specific than that. Is there a way to find out who represents a particular author if the book that you like doesn't have an acknowledgement page of any kind, or at least doesn't have any recommend, doesn't acknowledge anybody beyond their good buddy who gave the suggestion. Well, you can try the website of the publisher or the agent, and they will. They are proud of uh, their very best writers, the ones that they have been most successful with, and you can find some there. But uh, you know, Every you have to look. Yeah. nowadays. Yeah. So you can just look the author do. up and they'll probably say represented by blank or have a link to the agency that they're represented by in their contact list because they, you know, contact my my agent my for appearances or whatever. Right. Or right, if you want to make my book into a movie, here's who you contact <laughs> I have an agent for that as well. Yes. <laughs> Brad. Well, I'd also throw out just to Google the author and ask, you know, who is their agent because also more than likely, too, you will get the agent's website where it then has the author, you know, listed under the agent's website. Uh, so that's another good way of doing that. Uh, real quick. Uh, I'm not Detroit. sure it's a good way. I, I think I think you stand to insult some people, actually. What? A good way of Googling and finding out who the agent is? Yeah, it's because you sound so mercenary. Okay. Yeah. That's just sense. my take on it. Well, um, many writers okay. are happy to help other writers because they know how hard it was. Yeah, but that's... Never it's mind. also not a secret. Who's, no, who's it's not a secret. Them. No, I was, that's why I was saying go to the it's agent's website I to find out I just think it would be an annoying. <laughs> yeah. Go to the agent's website to find out who they represent. Yes, that would be better. That was what I was going for. Anyway, uh, to define some terms, so a query letter, uh, for those who don't know, is a one-page business letter uh, that you write to an agent or publisher. Uh, it is how our industry communicates um, to formally say, I would like you to publish this project or consider this project, please. <laughs> um, yeah, and it is professional. There are a million ways online uh, to write them, and I will, you know, uh, suggest you go there. Uh, some really good ones, though, you will find at Successful Query Letters, and I think that's .com, but I don't know. It's run by Writer's Digest, and it is literally query letters that have been, uh, you know, of people who have been picked up and had successful books. So they've had agents and gone on to get published and all of that kind of fun stuff. Some of them, if you go back through, and I think it's still there, uh, in archive it are have notes from the agent as to why what they liked in that query letter. Mm. Uh, so definitely run back through the archives and check them out. It's successful query letters, and I think it's successfulqueryletters.com. Uh, real quick, I'm jumping ahead on this process, so because I don't want it forgotten, but then I will go 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 back to this. If you get something from a publisher or supposed agent. That says, hey, I would like to get 
like to work with you on your work, and I want you to pay me X amount of money. A reading to, fee. A reading yes. fee or yes. a certain amount of money. Run, <laughs> run, tie on your shoes, and run even faster. Mm-hmm. Hop in your car and drive fast. Never Get out of there. Get out of there. That's a that's, 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 Sadly, while the public, while the writing industry is probably one of the most inclusive eight groups there is, a, we open our arms. We're not in competition with each other. Is how I mean this, we are always there to help each other. There are a lot of people out there who will want to prey upon your hopes. Okay. And I throw that out there so you know it. Uh, a couple of key signs of predatory behavior is, uh-huh. is publishing houses or agents or publishers approaching you without you querying them first. Exactly. And places that you query that then charge you a reading fee or give you a publication package for a certain amount of money up front. Yep. The goal is to do it royalty-based with your agency because you want the both of you to be working toward your profit instead of them getting their profit first and then you making it back later. Right. So... Along with that, um, now there's different types of query letters for nonfiction books versus fiction books. I'm going to say do your own research on that because we could have an entire episode. In fact, we probably have got episodes on that. We've had that or yeah. episode at some point in the past. Knowing five years of this, I think we have had well, at least one, if not two. Um, so do your own research. There is a difference. Um, in the case of fiction, please correct me if I'm go off the rails here, especially Brad, but anybody. In the case of fiction, you want to have your book done first and then query. Absolutely. Unless you are extremely well published and you've got this track record with that particular agent or publisher and they don't have a problem. That's a whole other stuff. That's a whole different level. Just stick with finish whatever you're writing and then query. Right. Then if you're nonfiction... You can query before you have your book finished if you've got a good-sized platform. And by platform, I mean you've got a good following, you've got people expecting this book coming out, you've got some type of letters behind your name, however, however that's Even defined. then? Even your then. Your first book, still finish it. Yeah. And then, you know. Thank you. Because I know I've heard different pieces of advice on that along the way. Go ahead. Uh, the the bit of advice that I think that you're referencing, you can let me know if I'm wrong, is oh. uh, the concept of a proposal. That right. you you don't pitch a finished book; you pr- pitch a proposal for a book. Correct. And in that case, you say that's that's the sort of thing I I helped um, ghostwrite a book very briefly um, about boardroom governance, and he uh, the author. Um, Thomas Bakewell, if you're looking for a book on boardroom governance, it's called uh, Taking Your Place at the at the Boardroom Table or something. But he um, he pitched the book as it's it's a, a guide for people who want to get their first boardroom position, you know, on a on a professional board. And this is these are all of my credentials and how I've been uh, you know coaching people on this for this many years. Here's my associate who's going to add to the book with his experience, and this is something that your readers would like. And he got picked up on that pitch, but it wasn't it wasn't the book that sold it. They wanted a resource, and he was a good resource, and he said, I would I'll write you a book on all of these resources I have. 
uh, for this amount of upfront money, and that's how that a proposal system works. If you're writing a book, a nonfiction book about a history or something, you can send a proposal. Well, that's the kind of thing that you're like, maybe they want to see what my writing style is like because the book itself is what's going to be sold. There's not a void of Roman history books out there. Exactly. My Roman history book needs to sit, stand out from all the other Roman history books, so here's a sample, you know. Right. Exactly. Mm. I, she has a very good point. Certainly with nonfiction, you absolutely must have a platform. You must have some degree of expertise from which to speak. Which And uh, pretty much every query letter is going to have a section like that, a biography. And for it's equally important in a lot of ways for uh, fiction writers, too, because here we're talking about your track record in writing and giving something which suggests that other people think you can write. Mm-hmm. Brian? Um, speaking of platforms uh, and nonfiction, so for a while now I've been absolutely devouring um, Mike Duncan's History of Rome and then Revolutions podcast. So shout out to Mike Duncan, mm-hmm. who lives in France now. Fuck you. Um, and, and he got asked to do uh, to write a book on uh, Roman history after he finished his awesome, awesome, I highly recommend um, um, History of Rome podcast series, um, and so he naturally got picked up, so he wrote a book, and then it was called uh, um, The Storm Before the Storm, and now he's writing one on revolutions, and, but he used podcasts, kind of like we're using podcasts, um, as a way to help further solidify a platform, and I don't think he really meant to in the beginning, but that's what it ended up being. Cool. Okay, so... There's something we haven't talked about yet on the query letter part of this um, that I wanted to go ahead and bring up and let people talk about, which is programs or websites like Query Tracker. Are those places still good to go to? Why are they good? What are they? Obviously, I know a lot of my own answer, but mm. I want conversation on that. So, Query Tracker or sites like that. Volunteers. Uh, I'll jump on that one real quick. So it's Query Tracker, Asian Query, and there's a third one. Writer's Market. I know Stealth or two. Yeah, but I'm thinking of online. No, I'm talking. They've got well, an okay. Yes, they do have an online one too, but they're more known for the book. <laughs> uh, it'll come to me later. Anyway, uh, so all of these sites um, are basically the same. They are a list of agents and publishers. Uh, and their requirements to submit. Um, so it is the an excellent resource to go to to get the list that you will generate to then go out and find all their exacting submission standards and start querying each individual agent or publisher that you so desire. Uh, but yeah, so you can basically find... Query Tracker is my personal favorite, querytracker.net. It has a free component... Uh, so feel free. They just need your email. You just gotta like log, you know, sign up, uh, and then you have access to a ton of information about a, an individual agent. So you can find out their submission guidelines. You can find out where they are. You know where their offices are, what their email addresses are, uh, what their websites are. If what they're looking for will generally be listed there. So what genres they represent or seeking. Uh, and then if you pay, 
there's a whole other feature where you can then track your stuff. So uh, you can then go in and find out when's the last time somebody else on Query Tracker got a request from this person. How long did it take them to get a request from the agent? You know, so you can then know if it was two weeks and it's been two weeks for you, you might be getting something in the email uh, inbox. Uh, so these are uh, various ways uh, you can do this. I will say uh, it's Writer's Marketplace publishes a book of all of this that you can find in most of your big bookstores. Uh, feel free to go and grab it. Just know that it's probably going to be out of out of, date, out of date in like a year or two when people have moved agencies and you know books, uh, publishers have closed down and stuff. There is an online component that you can pay for. I want to say it's twenty something. Is it the year or the month? I can't remember which. I've never, uh, I've never paid for it, so I don't know. The book's like fourteen to twenty four, yeah. depending upon where you find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, check it out if you wish. Uh, I highly recommend searching for an agent this way and publishers because there are so many of them out there more than you could ever imagine and more than you will ever track down through any google search um which is a good time to point out that yes uh, agents are quite transitory yeah. they also are sometimes uh lightning bugs in space you know they light up for a little while and then the the careers for them they vanish and signing with an agent like that obviously isn't going to get you very far because they aren't going to go very far, but it's hard to tell who those people are when you're pitching. So it's important to research whatever agent or publishing house that you are applying to, including their past sales. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can get a hold of their, um, their current clients and ask them how they like their experience with that house, that's also a practice that's recommended for people who are considering signing with agents. Correct. And there's a lot of times, I'm glad you brought up, I've never heard that term before, but I love it. <laughs> Fireflies in space. Yeah. Um, but there are some agents out there who they're new, they love what they're doing, and that's where they're going to be. And there's other agents who, and they, those guys work their pants off trying to get you, trying to get your stuff in front of the people they want to, to get published with. But there are other agents, I'm not throwing out names, because A, I don't know the name, and B, I'm not going to throw out enough details, but I know the details, and I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but who would rather play Star Wars The Old Republic rather than working on selling your books. People who aren't, aren't going to represent you with the strength that you need to succeed exactly. in your career. Exactly. Um, so this, you really do need to research... And one of the things is it's like a marriage in the sense of once you do have an agent, if you and your agent don't seem to be working out, there is a process that you need to file check your contract about how to break your relationship with that agent. And that can be scary. Oh, it's just a whole other episode about contract negotiation. Yeah, and I'm not going to go into details here. We've done that episode. Go check out season... Yeah, yeah, yeah. On YouTube. But where I'm going with that is, you know, you spent all this time and now you've landed an agent. Make sure that agent's working for you and that agent is who you want to work with. That's something that you want to find out before you sign with them. Amen. Which will reel us back to pitching uh-huh. and finding people to pitch to. Right. So we've talked about Query Tracker and that. Let's go to the next part. 
And this is the one in which I absolutely love the most because I've seen so many successes come out of it. I've seen personal relationships develop out of it. Oh, wait a minute. I'm getting pre- preempted. Well, before you do that, I know where you're going. I, I think. know you are. But the query letter, let's take it just a minute to say what ought to go in it. We can. Yeah, go for it. Because I would say this. Describe your project, your book. Sell your book. Sell yourself. Yeah. You need to have what genre it's in. Um, you need to talk about your book a little bit. I'm going to uh, brag up a bit about what details there, but word count as well. But the last thing you really want to do is go, uh, I'm trying to make this up, up off the top of my head. George was faced with arrest when his aunt fell face first dead in her suit. Your agent's not going to care who the hell, who is George? Why should your agent care? Why well, should your agent care about the uncle? But there is information, ways to work that type of information in there, kicking it over to the king of pitching. Yeah, uh, yeah so hey, if you want, shout out, uh, probably next March or April uh, in St. Louis Writers Guild uh, 2019, you can come and hang out. I'll probably do a workshop I often do to get people ready for Missouri Writers Guild and Gateway Con. Uh, and then also next year, I'll probably be doing this at Gateway Con, so come on out, and it's the first big workshop, so uh, you can learn how to write query letters and pitch and all that kind of stuff. And late anyway. post too, if you have a writer group and you like him to come out and talk to that writer's group <laughs> about it, just FYI, as you know from long-term time listening to Write Pack Radio, I often have to pull this information out of my panelists. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do, do, do this workshop. I've done it across the state of Missouri. I uh, haven't done it outside the state yet, but hey, that's yet. Anyway, uh, so this is not information coming directly from me. This one's uh, this little gem's coming directly from Justin Wells and uh, Kathleen Ortiz. So shout out to both of them. Great literary agents. Go check them out. Uh, start with a hook. In a query letter, you want to start off with the most exciting thing that you can start off with about your book. Why? Because that is how you are going to seize the attention of the agent or the acquisitions editor that you're going after. Then you're going to move into the body portion of your paragraph or your uh, of the query letter where you're going to talk about your book and you're going to sell it real quick. Uh, then you're going to move into uh, more of the data stuff about, you know, what genre it is, how many words is it, it's complete, all that good stuff. And then you're going to drop into the conversation about yourself. And when you're selling yourself, it is only writing-related things. Please, nobody cares that you were on the lacrosse team unless you've written a book about lacrosse. Yeah, it's also platform. Yes. Uh, So this is about selling you as someone who is credible enough to have at least written a book and put words in front of each other, or after each other, actually. Uh, We don't write backwards. And, uh, you know, in, in a way that people... So the things you want to mention if you have an MFA... Uh, that would be something to mention. If you have, uh, if you're a member of or a president of, like we've got two here, uh, three here. Jeez, we got a ton of you guys. Presidents <laughs> of literary organizations. And that when is the former president, you will want to mention. Uh, if you have written a book previously, that's a great one to mention. Uh, if you have, you know, if you're a member of a writers group or anything like that, if you've taken classes and other things of that nature. These are all amazing things to mention. If you have a huge Twitter following, 
Uh, that's a big one. Start definitely mentioning <laughs> up the uh, YouTube numbers and all that stuff. Uh, however, here is the thing. If you don't have any of that, say you don't have, you're not a member of a writer's group, you don't have an MFA uh, yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, point being is that that does not matter because you have a passion for what you do. Why do you have that passion? Put that in there and then move on. It does not have to be the paragraph, the biggest paragraph on the page. You know why? The biggest paragraph on the page is the paragraph about the book. Right. Because that is what sells a fiction book, is the characters and the plot and the themes and the stakes and the conflict and all of that good juicy stuff. You will not sell your book to start off with, most likely. Uh, that you know, There's exceptions to every rule, but that is definitely a thing. Uh, just Red Ryan. Um, uh, yes, just to reiterate that last point because it's really important. Don't be embarrassed because it's your first book. Yep. Everyone has a first book. Yep. But write a really good book, and then it won't matter that it's your first book. And after that, you can say, "Oh, well, I've sold five bajillion copies of my last book," and then that'll sell your next book. And but, even if you haven't sold five bajillion copies, still mention that you sold the book. Just don't tout its amazing sales. Yes. <laughs> Unless you have amazing sales, because they look. Is it an yeah. exception to the rule to say, I have self-published a book because that doesn't come with any industry implication? Not anymore. It used to be a big thing, like, way back in the past, like, you know, five plus years ago. But now that's really not necessarily a thing anymore, that you have self-published books. Uh, this is, yet again, a thing. The fact that you have books out there is means that you have been a part of the process. Hopefully you've maybe done a book event mm. and have maybe sold at least some of the books that you produced when you self-published. And if you've done all of that, well, you've, you're have you well on your road to being good for having a traditionally published book and doing well with that book. And they'll know that. Uh, so the, the trick, though, is mm -hmm. not to say, I am a hugely best-selling, amazing, self-pubbed author... Who sold a thousand books. Yeah. That is not the truth. <laughs> and they'll know because it's easy to see your Amazon ranking. It's easy to see how many books you've sold if you're going through one of the major distributors. Uh, all of that kind of stuff. So all of that information is very easy for them to obtain. So would a better way to phrase it be, um, I'm a self-published author. I produce and have been promoting this book of mine for the last three years. You could, or it could just be as simple as... You know, Jennifer Stolzer, author of Threadcaster, mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, a, a book I self-published on my own, and then you move on and talk about all the other amazing things you've done, and Threadcaster is just one of all the amazing things you've done. And it would serve as another sample of my writing style if they wanted to look it up on Amazon and read the first page. Exactly. Right. If they want to go look it up, they will. It's so easy to do so. Mm -hmm. Really fast, I know Ryan's been waiting to jump in, but I want to throw out one thing real fast. That I've seen this happen more in pitches face-to-face -face, and I have, of course, heard about query letters because people don't usually talk about it in query letters. Um, and that is, if your book has been self-published, do not expect to pitch that book to yes. your agent. You can't it's, pitch that book. It, it, I can't say you can't. Every rule can be broken, but don't expect it. Don't, don't try it. Unless you've got a huge amount of sales. Yeah, it's all about your next book. Yeah. Ryan, go ahead. And that's very true. Um, that's something I included in my pitch uh, to the movie since I was talking to a game with um, because I have indie published 
fantasy books out there. They're all part of one world. And I feel well that this next one I got picked up um, isn't going to be any, but it's okay because I already have a, this pre-established world. And while I wait, I'm writing other stuff because I like it. Um, no, what I was going to say before, way, way back, um, when we were more talking about like the steps of the query letter, um, I feel like it's very similar for for kind of the beginning steps of a good story. At, at Gateway Con, one of the uh, the the events I got to help out with and Brad was there too was the, the first five pages or three pages of people's manuscripts, and we had a panel of of uh, agents and editors um, that read it and we, we got their their feedback. And um, it was the same thing over and over again, you know. Some of them uh, were, were, were clear and grabbing and, and entertaining, and, and they hook you right in, and they make you ask questions. And other ones were like, you know, this isn't ready yet. Um, if, if your story, like your gray letter, is clear and compelling and concise, uh, and it's got a hook and makes you want to read more, you know, Agents are people too, apparently, because uh, <laughs> you you can hook them that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's amazing. They are human beings made of flesh and bone. <laughs> yes, and they have limited time too. So that's one thing. Go ahead. We are coming. We are at the hour, and I do still want to talk about pitching face to face, but do that shortly. So go ahead. I just wanted to add on to what Ryan was saying that um, when we were having the pitching sessions at Gateway Con, um, one of the ladies that ended up with a successful pitching session. She got a, um, she got an agent, and she said that the agent was interested in her work from having heard it be read. Um, like, the first five pages were, were read at, at Gateway Con, and the agent was super interested and was really hoping that she would come and end up pitching to her, and she did. So these things all tend to work together. Yes, they do. Okay, pitching face-to-face. A lot of the information shared already on the query letter can be applied directly to pitching face-to-face. As I said before, I will say again, you may have five minutes, you may have two minutes to your pitch. I have never heard of one two minutes, but I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, pitch slam. Thank you. I was, I was thinking pitch slam when I said that. Uh, you do not, whatever you do, use up all your time. You want them to have time to talk to you. And I am turning this over to Brad, who is ex- an expert in this area. But before I do, I'm going to say there's a, everything we've talked about query letters, from what I understand from what you've taught me, Brad, applies to this as well. So please yeah. go ahead. Uh, so a pitch, an in-person pitch at a conference, you're most likely going to have this at a writer's conference. Uh, you can have them through writer's groups. We've done them at St. Louis Writer's Guild, where we bring in an agent and have them take a couple of query, or a couple of pitches at the end of the day. Anyway... Uh, so essentially what they are is you're going to get five minutes or so with FaceTime one-on-one with an agent or publisher. Uh, if you're an acquisitions editor, this is the fun part of your job, uh, where you get to sit down and, and have this. If you're an agent, this is one of the, the major things you do. You run around to conferences and you meet people. Why are they important? First off, you are face-to-face with the person and the ability to put a face to a name and a name to a book is huge. Uh, it instantly puts you to the top of the pile in their mind. Uh, because a query letter comes in, you have to understand they get tens of thousands of query letters every year. And you're just one of those. But if they've met you, 
Now you're in a category with just a few hundred people. Maybe if they're a really busy agent bouncing around, you're in the low thousands uh, of people that they've personally met, talked to about their book. They've heard your book. They've seen your face. They've heard your name. All of that put together. Then when you send them, if you get the submission, uh, that can be huge. That memory that, oh, yeah, I remember this person. I remember this book. We talked about it. All of that. So here's what it is. What are these five minutes? The five minutes basically break down into this. Uh, you're going to be standing outside a room. You're going to have a set time that you're going to have to go pitch. And uh, I recommend, you know, enjoying the conference and then going five minutes before the pitch uh, and practicing and then going in, pitching, and then going back to your uh, workshop. Why? You don't want to miss workshops, but also it will stress you out a lot less. Um, so basically, you're going to be standing outside this room waiting. They're going to say, go on in. Somebody like the lovely Chanel here who did it for us at Gateway Con last year. Thank you so much. Uh, but the point is, you're going to go inside. It's one-on-one. -on -one. You and the other person, the agent, they're on the other side of the table. You sit down and you start talking. You have then half the time. I fully recommend that. Uh, and so does Chuck Sambacino and a bunch of other people who uh, uh, have much more recognizable names than I do. Um, but they, uh, the point is, is that you want to leave time at the end for questions. So what do you fill that two and a half minutes with? Well, it's the same thing that's going to go into the pitches that we talked about earlier and the same thing that went into that query letter. So it's your main character, it's the stakes, it's the main plots, things like that. Those are what you're going to want to focus on. Uh, you're not giving away the ending. In fact, you're probably only going to talk about the first third, maybe first half of your book. Uh, you're not really going to talk about the rest of that. You want to leave as many, as many questions in the agent's mind as possible. You want to spark as many questions in the agent's mind as possible. And that's what the second half is for. So the second half then becomes a question and answer time where the agent, who has heard your pitch, undoubtedly has at least one or two questions that they would like to ask you. They're going to fire it off, and then you have like 30 seconds maybe to give them an answer. Keep it short, sweet, and to the point as much as possible. Do not ramble on. Do not get involved in backstory. Do not get involved in why you wrote this. These are all conversations that can happen elsewhere in the conference, maybe at the bar, maybe via email and in the next week after you've submitted them and stuff. Awesome. Point being, you want to have you know this conversation. That will hopefully, if you've picked your agent right and you've pitched right and everything else, end with them saying something around the words of, uh, send me the first 50 pages, send me the first, you know, five chapters, send, send me the first pages, pages, send me the full thing. I want it all. That's awesome. You usually get a card or an email address for where to send it and maybe even a line to put in the email tag so that if they have a filtering system, you go into the right folder. And then that is what is considered gold because you're going to go straight to the top of the line you're going to be remembered. You've already started a conversation with this person. If you have the great phone call, you've already had the like awkward meeting session. Mm -hmm. And now it's just two old friends talking about an awesome book. Uh, so that is in-person pitching. Now, I will say at GatewayCon and others, there's something new, remote pitching, mm -hmm. which is where the agent has the awesomeness of not having to leave their office. They get to stay in their you know comfy office in New York or wherever they are 
and remote in via some sort of Skyping or, you know, Zoom. A video conference. Video conferencing software uh, to the conference that you were at in wherever city you might be. Uh, the benefit of this is that you get access to agents who weren't able to travel. Maybe they aren't traveling. Maybe they got kids and can't travel. Who knows? But you've now got access in five minutes in front of them, and it's the same thing. Treat it the same. There's no difference. It is a one-on-one conversation that you are having. It just happens to be that there are hundreds, maybe thousands of miles between the two of you. But through the wonders of modern technology, that doesn't matter. Uh, they're treating it the same. They've got a notepad, they're scratching down, they're trying to find clients. And this is the biggest thing that I'll leave you with out of everything we've talked today. Any agent who is open to submissions is actively looking for a book. So that means that you have just as good a chance as anyone out there in the world if you've written a good book and you've done everything else that you should do and get it right and polished and all that good stuff. The point being is... Every agent is hungry for that next big book. You know, that's how they live and survive. So they're, you know, I know it's scary. I know pitching is scary. Uh, It is the scariest thing that you will ever have to do. Those five minutes are insane. But uh, know that everyone's going through that insanity. The agent on the other side knows you're a real person. They're a real person. You both have hearts. It's all good. Calm down. Take a breath. And just remember your pitch. Practice, practice, practice it, and you won't have any problems. I'm going to go before I let Ryan go. Uh, a couple of things from my own personal experience of conferences. Number one, conferences are great places to practice your pitch. Practice like crazy with your fellow authors. Okay, number one. Number two, go back and listen to one of our episodes about writers behaving badly and don't do anything that they, we point out, because you will be remembered. And I stress that because in my next statement, I'm going to say I had made a personal attack, um, relationship with an agent back when, when I shepherded one, back in 06, I believe. Before, I definitely had to put things on my hands. No, it's not 06, it's later than that. Oh, it's wait, like, it's not that much later. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's in the O's. Yeah, it's in the O's. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 the it, it's about gosh. 10 years at least, okay, people? Um, where I'm going with that. And the two things I'm going to say with that, number one, having done that, I could turn around and contact this person years later, and they still remember who I am, which was shocking, I admit. But number two, they still remembered the people who had done the bad behavior things over a decade later. That's something to note. Okay, with that, Ryan, I'm over to you, and then we're going to close it out. Okay, I I just said a real quick thing. I I think it's really funny that we're learning about pitching by Brad pitching about pitching. Yes. (laughs) That's all. All right, and with that, um, I will say I'm going to go ahead and call some old Articles that Brad's done on pitching, you can find on the Writer's Lens. You can find a lot of our, a lot of our podcasts on the, about pitching. Yeah, I think it's three rules of three rules of pitching. I don't remember. And then there's the mechanics of the perfect pitch. Yeah. So find them; they're good articles. Uh, I would throw out this uh, since we mentioned it a few times. If you are interested, uh, there is this great conference that we all put on called uh, Gateway to Publishing Conference and Convention. It's next June. 
June 14th through the 16th, 2019, here in St. Louis at the Renaissance Hotel. The reason I throw this all out, not only will there be in-person pitching, there'll be remote pitching, you'll get my great pitching workshop, uh, but next year we're also going to be doing a ton of practice pitch classes where we're going to be practicing our pitches before you even pitch. So it's going to be awesome. You'll be a pitching god by the time you hit the agent. And uh, register don't, now. Don't quote me on that. That's not legally binding at all. <laughs> I will say, yeah, don't quote. Hi, Oliver. I am. I know since this is audio instead of video, you can't see me doing a dance in my seat. This is something I've been waiting for was doing the pitch classes or pitch practice sessions because I've always wanted that at Gateway Con. Yeah, um, Two days so, of them. I'm not. You're, you're making me crazy now. You're making me go happy here. <laughs> I will say, by the time this airs, I believe, or shortly thereafter, the um, site on St. Louis Writers Guild, stlwritersguild.org, will have the tickets live. Early bird prices, really early bird prices, Super which, early. which will be discounted compared to what it will be. We should call them egg prices or something. <laughs> <laughs> But they're going to be a lot more discounted than they will later in the year. So, FYI on that. And with that, tune in next week for yet another, another interesting topic in the writing industry. And please share this with all your writing friends. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on whatever platform you leave. And by the way, please review us as well. Take care. Bye-bye. The new theme songs for Right Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her.